Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a speaker, a coach, and a published author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will share tips, tools, and strategies used by our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in their lives. I am on a mission to educate, empower, and inspire you to see that when you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive right in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today I am so excited to have my very, very good friend, Tina Gray, on the call. She is just such a light in my life and has made such a big, big impact. And I know that her message, her story is meant to be shared and you will definitely take something away from this. So I really want to highlight Tina here. She is a fitness and nutrition and lifestyle coach. She is more than that though. She's a transformational mindset impactor. That's what I'm going to call it. Because when you really want to dig into your thoughts and know how to change your state, what you believe is possible, how to dive into manifestation, you have got to get into those thoughts and mindset. And Tina is just honestly a pro at it. She is really, because she's done the work herself. She is a mom of two grown young men who's gone from fit to unfit and back to fit again, and recently a metal fitness athlete. What she did physically to transform herself over a span of less than 20 weeks is incredible, but I love how she shares there is a backstory to this in knowing that this was years in the process. It's not as simple as just jumping in, making that transformation, and expecting it to stick. You've got to do all of the legwork, and that's what she really shares with us right now. So she is on a mission to help women who are 40 plus bust out of the bodies and lives that are not serving them any longer. She is truly transforming bodies from, and lives from the inside out. So in this episode, we dive into the importance of the unpacking process. And I love how she describes this in the beginning of any transformational journey and how important that is to do first. Her superpower is intuition and how we can all learn how to listen to our intuition and help that voice to get even louder and more clear. The power of manifestation, believing what is possible and living as the person required to create the shift. She shares the story of manifestation and how she met her current love and the love of her life, and it is just a powerful story. He's an incredible man, and I'm just so, so happy for her. We also share, in order to move through our challenges, we must allow ourselves to feel the emotions. She talks about the power of feeling our emotions, not numbing them, stuffing them down with food, alcohol, negative habits, because that doesn't change any, create any change in our lives. I love how she says, we are not our bodies. We are a result of the thoughts, the feelings, actions, and choices that we make on a daily basis. So if we really want to change our bodies through physical transformations, we have got to address the thoughts, the feelings, the actions, and the choices that we make on a daily basis. This work comes first, and it is the only way to work towards creating lasting change in our bodies and in our lives. And finally, patience, the power of vulnerability, and staying in that process and trusting the process and belief will take us so much further, honestly, than beating ourselves up. It just doesn't work that way. So she really dives in and shares her story. And I cannot wait for you to hear it because I'm so proud of what she has done with her life 
and how she is going to be impacting so many other women. So enjoy today's episode because it's one of my favorites. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today I cannot tell you how excited I am for this episode because this is one of my closest friends. Her name is Tina Gray. She is a fitness specialist and nutrition coach and she is so, so much more than that. So ironically today, the I got a notification on Facebook that we connected five years ago, which seems impossible because I feel like I've known her forever. So I am absolutely thrilled to dive into Tina today, her story, and the physical and personal spiritual transformation she's gone through over the past couple of years that I know so many people will be able to relate to. So welcome to the call, Tina. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm so stoked to be here. I it is my, oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Me too. Okay, so we are going to start with a few questions first so people can get to know you, and then we're going to dive into your story. Okay. Where are you from? So I'm from Barrie, Ontario. I was born in Kingston, but raised in Barrie, lived in BC for four years, had my babies there, but this is where I live, down near the water. I love it. Nice. Nice. Yep. Um, I know you are a reader, and yes. so this would be, it might be a challenging question, but what is the most impactful book you have read? Oh. Most impactful book. Um, I would say the one I refer to the most and probably the one that impacted my life the most is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Mm -hmm. I refer to that and refer clients to that on a daily. And um, yes, I think that would be the most impactful. I could nice. list so many, but that would I know be you can. I know yeah. you can. That's the most impactful. Do you have any other favorites that you could pass on to? Um, Favorites in terms of Letting Go by, Dr. I think it's Dr. David Hawkins, uh, yes. was a very impactful book for me um, when I was going through some transition with, with my kiddos. And that one really helped me um, let go of you know, my story, a lot of my stories, which we're going to get into, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, other books, um, uh, my gosh, tip of my tongue. Think and Grow Rich, obviously, is a very impactful book for me from a financial standpoint, but it's a mindset book, yes. um, which, which impacts every aspect of our life. And mm -hmm. those awesome. are the ones that really jump up into the, the top of mind, Marsha. I think yeah. that, um, you know, my favorites would be Louise Hay, Wayne Dyer. Yes. Um, um, <laughs> the two I'm, that come first. I knew Wayne Dyer. I figured, no, I figured that would come up. Yeah, and now it's like, you know, Brene Brown. I mean, I kind of read everything that's sort of the newest on the, you know, this, the shelf help books kind of thing. But I also find my own version, you know, out of those things as well. So, yeah, those would be, I would say, you know, those would be some of my favorite. And I always love stories of people overcoming adversity because I find personal strength in, in hearing other people's um, triumphs. It gives, I feel like it gives me strength and fills my cup to be able to, number one, let go of my own crap, but secondly, move forward. So I love those kinds of things as well. Mine are, those are some of my absolute favorites. Mm -hmm. um, who is a mentor then who has impacted your life the most? Marsha Van Weinsberg. Okay. <laughs> You're definitely one of my, my go-tos, I would say. Um, I've awesome. learned so much from you and you're definitely my rock um, on a lot of occasions. Uh, mentor. Again, I guess, you know, a silent mentor. I mean, 
Tony Robbins is definitely someone who I feel mm -hmm. like I know him, but I definitely spent a lot of time in my car with Tony Robbins over the years. Um, mm -hmm. Louise Hay. Um, I think I've got, you know, God, the universe. I would say that that's, you know, the universe is really, I've tapped into that, that source a lot in the last like seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. And yeah, those are some great, great, yeah. great manners. And like great. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say myself, like, I don't know if mm. that sounds kind of weird, but no, that not. comes up for me right now. I almost get choked even saying that, but you know, listening to my true self, my soul mm -hmm. and not my ego, I've let myself, my soul kick up a lot more and really been guided by, by her. And that I'd say is definitely helped me completely transform my life Absolutely. You know, in the way that I look at and approach things really. Uh, yeah. I would, I would say, um, just from knowing you too, I think you've got like an intuition superpower. So that is something that we will kind of dive into after, but mm -hmm. absolutely. What mm -hmm. is something that lifts you up or what drives you? Oh, what drives me is, uh, witnessing, experiencing, hearing, seeing, feeling people break through. Mm -hmm. bust through mm -hmm. have their own ha ha's um flowers lift me up i love flowers <laughs> i love flowers. i love, <laughs> I love laughing <laughs> laughing lifts me up you know humor is i think such a healer and um seeing my son's smiles on their faces lifts me up mm -hmm. um <clears throat> time with people that love me unconditionally lifts me up and um moving really makes me feel good yeah. i like to move active moving, energy right? yeah mm -hmm. shifting energy makes me feel good yeah. awesome awesome so you have gone through a fairly big physical transformation in the last 20 weeks um, i know you well enough to know you've gone through a major transformation over the last couple of years and i just think it's i think it's great that you can back up to whatever part of the story you want to start in um what Point did you start to create some shift and change and where did you start like tell us a little bit about your journey okay that's a big one <laughs> that's um, a big question when did I start to shift and change I think I think honestly the the tipping point of me starting to shift and change really happened when the secret came out the movie the secret mm. because the movie the secret for me was an eye opener in that it's like you mean because of my thoughts i've attracted all this shit <laughs> it's like because of my <laughs> no you're yes you're allowed to say yes you are because of my what do you mean i attracted this like oh okay okay i get it mm -hmm. right i don't want to do this anymore so how do i change it and that's where it was like the aha where it's like okay if I start to think differently, if I start to speak differently, if I start to look at things differently, I can change the future for myself because I just thought I was just born into this situation, you know, as a child of a child, my mom was 17. Yeah. I felt like a mistake. I felt like I wasn't supposed to be here. And you know, at that point in time, I'm a single mom with two little kids. Of course I'm a single mom because my mom was a single mom. Like that's just the life I was born into. Right. Mm -hmm. I was going to attract people that weren't going to treat me nice. Like I was going to attract 
financial problems. I was going, because I just felt that that was the life that I'd been dealt. Mm-hmm. And then that movie happened and I was like, okay, I can start to totally shift this thing. So that's really what would the eye opener was for me. Nice. Now that's not something you watch and you all change your whole entire life. Like there, there's a lot of unpacking of your life and your habits and your, you know, yourself to do, to realize that, okay, this is who I am now. I want to be somewhere different. What steps do I take to become evolve into this, you know, new person kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that was the, then it was like, okay, I was reading everything I could read. I would drive hours and hours and hours on end to and from work. And I would devour every personal growth CD I could. Cause I listened to three hours of books on CD mm-hmm. every day for like nine years. And it was like, I just, I just devoured it all and you know, total sponge. So that was, you know, that was when the changes really started to happen. And then, you know, stuff still happens in your life. So situations, you know, with, with former husbands and with my kids growing and becoming teenagers and all of those kinds of things brought about situations where it was like, I had to tap into, you know, do I want to slip into the old me and deal with this in total drama and trauma? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to approach this with a different perspective and ask the question, what can I do? And how can I deal with this in a way that's least, you know, traumatic and dramatic for everybody all around me and keep my own dignity intact and everyone else's dignity intact mm-hmm. and be better for it, for the lessons learned. And so I hope that answers the questions. I know that there's a lot more to the transformation, but that was really when it started. No, and I think that's great to take it back that like how many years ago would you have watched The Secret? Well, like, 2006 was when it came out. So okay. we're 13 years, 13 right? 13 years. And I think yeah. that that's really important that people see that. And, and I love how you said that. It's, I mean, it is a transformational movie because it helps you to think differently. But mm-hmm. you also have to be in a space that you're open to watching it and seeing it and, and dealing with that. And so it's, it depends on the headspace of where a person's at at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And what I would add to that, Marcia, is that it's, it's, you know, and it's like anything, you can't just think about what you want. You can't just no. talk about what you want. You have to do the work. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that didn't come out of the movie that a lot of people didn't realize was like, it's like, okay, that's nice. Now get to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> start to put in the, start to put in the work to, you know, acknowledge where you were. Don't dwell on the past, but acknowledge where you came from. Acknowledge why you are where you are. Mm-hmm. And now what are you going to do different? And then every day, you know, think and move and feel and express and write and whatever it is to change, you know, to create new and attract new. So, so I love how you said this because I'm, I'm going to shift for a second because a lot of people, I, I seem to cross a lot of paths with people who watch that and they took it that manifestation means that if I just think about it, it's going to happen. And that, you know, it's, it's, and I just, we all know that is not the truth. And I love how you talked about action and getting into that. So, you know, we can do all the affirmations, we can write the things down, we can think those things, we also have to believe them. And I think we can't believe them until we unpack part of that story. So I love that you mentioned the unpacking process. Would you just dive a little bit about what that means to you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just have to say, so something that you just said just made me think about this. And I'm going to say it because it's, it's okay. I'm it's, all, it. it's all good. It's like, you can't think, you know what? I'm my leanest, healthiest, fittest self. And then eat cheeseburgers every day. Like that's not going to work. Yeah. Or never go and, to the gym. 
<laughs> right. And not exercise or whatever. Um, so the unpacking process is really about, it's not about dwelling in the past. It's not about the sob story of living in, you know, your woulda, shoulda, couldas. It's not about the beating yourself up about, you know, how you've effed up in your life, what, mm -hmm. who you've hurt, how you've, what mistakes you've made, whatever. It's about acknowledging, you know, what, because I believe that, you know, even our bodies, like I'll, I'll, t I'll speak on a body language because yeah. I know that that is something that I can really express well. You are not your body. I am not my body. Our bodies are a result and they are a result of our feelings. All the feelings that we felt throughout our life, they are a result of our actions or inactions. So not eating well, you know, abusing ourselves with food, over drinking, you know, using drugs, like being in the sun too much, not sleeping enough, overworking, you know, actions, right? Mm -hmm. um, and even, and then our thoughts, you know, our thoughts. So it's like looking in the mirror first thing in the morning, you're fat and disgusting. Like our whole family's fat. I'm just going to be fat the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever the thoughts are, the thoughts are that you're so lazy, you know, you're not an athlete, like you can't play sports, like you mm -hmm. suck, mm -hmm. whatever the thoughts are. So our bodies are a result of feelings, thoughts, and actions, or you're not worthy, you're not deserving, who could love you, you're disgusting, like whatever the thoughts are. So our bodies are a result of our feelings, our thoughts, and our actions. So it's about really getting to the point of, you know, looking at ourselves in the mirror and saying, you know, is that really true? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the body is looking in the mirror and saying, is it really true? Am I really unlovable? Mm -hmm. Am I, you know, am I really, you know, going to be obese or rest of my life because my family is well it doesn't have to be that way but if I do exactly what they did chances are I will mm -hmm. but what if I did something different mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so and I think that too you know uh, to share with you one story was um, in unpacking a situation I can probably relate it well in that you know I was born to a teenager mm -hmm. so I had it in my mind that I was a mistake because I wasn't planned mm -hmm. but here I am and I'm a mistake and so I had to ask myself, you know, is that really true? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then when I started to get more open on a spiritual sense, you know, I believe that we are all here on purpose. There is a purpose and there is a calling for each of us in our lives. And I thought I must be here for bigger reasons. You mm -hmm. know, like my children were not mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, even if I'd had a child that I hadn't planned, it wouldn't have been a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't have treated that child as a mistake. And I started to really get to a place where it was like, okay, um, what is this really about? It's about the story I've made up about my being here. What if I wrote a new story? What if I wrote a new story to say, you know what? My parents didn't plan to have me, but I'm the best thing that ever happened to them. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents didn't plan. I'm getting choked even saying that. I know, I know. You know, because my mom would say that. She would yeah. say that I'm her greatest teacher. And I would say that I'm my kid's greatest teacher. So when I changed the story and I changed my perspective on it, mm -hmm. it became a whole new truth. Mm -hmm. And by unpacking that and looking at it differently, I started to have gratitude for the life that I thought was so shit before. Yeah. And all of a sudden my life didn't look so bad. And I was like, you know what? I'm grateful. Like I'm so grateful that I had a mom who was like a solo mom. Like she's tough, man. I'm tough. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. freaking tough. You know, yeah. so I'm grateful for that because I would not be who I am. I would not be the mother I am if I hadn't had that journey. Thank goodness mm -hmm. I had that journey. Mm -hmm. you know? I love so. that analogy. I love that analogy is it's so, so important to unpack those feelings. Um, I love the, you know, honestly, look in the mirror and say, 
you know, is this true? Is it true? And really face it head on. And then you decide how much energy you're going to give that story. You decide if you're going to write a new story and what you're going to do with it. So a lot of people who don't, maybe some people who don't know how you and I go back would laugh a little bit because we sound very similar. We have a lot of, <laughs> we do, we have very similar. I mean, I'm, I'm big and believing that you can rewrite your story. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's an overnight thing. It doesn't mean it's, it's a process, right? It's a process. And mm -hmm. I think if you start to work through that process, you realize that, you know, there's still always challenges, but as we face more challenges, what used to take us out at the knees for weeks at a time is a blip in the day. And that's where you can start to go, you know what, this actually has been changed over time. And we need to go through those and recognize that it, we are, like, we're all a work in progress. We're all going through this and we're making these changes. So you did a lot of back work over the last, like, I'm going to say 13 years, but definitely over the last five years mm -hmm. to be in a space that when you decided to make physical changes to your body, you were ready to do it. So I know you went through a huge transformation the last 20 weeks. I'd love for you to share with people what you decided to do in that time and how you knew you were ready for that kind of commitment. Because it was a massive commitment. It was a huge commitment what you did. Yeah, for sure. So I've worked in fitness for 30 plus years. So, mm -hmm. and you know, part of me going into working in the fitness industry was because I was a teenager who chose uh, eating disorder as a method of dealing with her pain, which didn't really deal with her pain, but that's what I chose at the time to yeah. help stuff my pain, um, which, you know, definitely I'm an emotional eater. So mm -hmm. have been an emotional eater, which many people can relate to. That was kind of my drug of choice was food. So fast forward, um, my kids have both, you know, dealt with addiction. We've been down the addiction road and it's been a roller coaster ride, which I know you know well. Yeah. Um, the last six years. And that's what brought us to get together is that, uh, that conversation. But um, as, so as a result of that, I, I let go of being so focused on, I guess, myself from a health perspective, because I was focused on mental health in terms of navigating what was happening with my children and how, you know, my boys, my kids are grown young men now. Um, and dealing with, you know, former, former spouse who is co-parenting with you yet not on the same page and enabling and all those things. So really, really had to do some work. I chose to do the work, uh, you, you know, hired myself a counselor and did a ton of tough work to really, um, break myself down, strip myself down bare naked, really to be able to build myself back up and become the mother that they required to be able to navigate mm -hmm. this time in their lives and the consequences of their choices. And so in, as a result of that, you know, sometimes we, it's difficult to, you, you can't be perfect in every aspect of your life. And so my choosing on dealing with my mental health meant that my physical health was sliding. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, you know, I like food, I like chocolate. And when you're feeling kind of crappy, those things do make you feel good. <laughs> I drink sure a little do. more, they sure do. Mm -hmm. I drink a little more wine. I'm um, through the course of this. I also attracted the love of my life. So that's a beautiful thing. However, you know, we two were both in love and loving our meals together and loving our, you know, whatever our time together. So my body got to a place over from hormonal changes with the stress, you know, I've dealt with depression a lot. Depression is my body's illness of choice. I would say when I'm feeling very, um, at times defeated or broken or tired, you know, my body will go into depression. And I would never say like my doctor said to me one time, are you depressed? 
no, I'm not depressed, but my body is like shutting down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my body is because it's tired, right? And that's yeah. the physical response of stress. So my body was in a place where over you know, the course of, of all of those different things happening, I was 30 pounds heavier. I always considered myself to be you know, a fit woman, a fit girl. I was always that fit girl. Mm-hmm. And people knew me as that fit girl kind of thing, but I was not showing that in the mirror. Now, it was the first time though, Marcia, ever in my life where I can honestly say I looked in the mirror and I didn't hate myself. Mm. You know, I was 30 pounds heavier and I was like, you know what? I'm 30 pounds heavier. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 48. I'm, you know, happy, the happiest I've ever been. Yeah, I've got this tough stuff going on with my kiddos, but you know what? We're going to get through it. Yeah. And I wasn't hating on myself for the first time because before that would have sent me to the toilet to make myself sick. It would have sent me, you know, it would have sent me to go purge and exercise for hours in the gym. It would have sent me to, you know, go hide on the couch and drink a bottle of wine. Like it would have sent me. And this time it didn't. I was just looking in the mirror going, okay, but this is a result. And I have some health stuff going on. I had some breast stuff I was concerned about. I had, you know, Mm -hmm. my body was red flagging me, you know, just not feeling good. I wasn't sleeping great. I was not feeling good. And I thought, okay, I'm on a slippery slope now because this could lead to disease. This could lead to problems if you don't get on top of this. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I decided, okay, it's time for me to walk my truth. I'm always all about supporting and um, encouraging women, especially who look in the mirror and go, holy crap, who the hell am I? And what happened to my body Mm -hmm. that they can change at any age. And it's like, okay, girlfriend, time for you to buck up and time for you to do this. So that you can show other women what you're telling them because you're not showing them right now. So I thought, okay, I'm going to set a big, huge goal for 30 years. I've had this thing on my radar to do a fitness competition. Mm -hmm. And in the past it was like, you know, you can't do that because you know, what if they tell you that your ass is too fat or what if they tell you this or they, you know, and it was always because the external judgment, but I was at the place where I was like, you know what? hell yeah, I'm going to do this because Mm -hmm. I'm in a place where I don't really give two Fs about what anybody says or thinks about me from the outside because I know who I am. I love myself where I'm at. This is for me. Mm -hmm. It was for you. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this for other women to say, hey, Mm -hmm. whatever your goals are, sister, like you can totally do it. So yeah. So I set the goal, set the intention. I said, I need to hire myself a coach because I wanted to be accountable to someone other than myself. Mm-hmm. Also, I didn't have expertise in knowing posing and stuff like that, but I knew once I was taught properly, I could figure it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, you know, the thing about decision, I made the decision one time. I yeah. didn't make that decision every day. It was like, no, I already made the decision. We're going to the gym because that's what we're doing. Like that's part of the plan, mm-hmm. right? Make the decision. So, but I can tell you that, you know, taking on something like that involved absolute commitment. It involved, you know, I started December 21st. I was going to ask you the date, the start date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, December 21st. So we're talking Christmas, New Year's, lots of birthdays, <laughs> like, you know, of all the times. And the competition was in May. So, um, but, I, but I'd already made the decision. So I was going to navigate that stuff no matter what. And then some really big stuff hit the fan with my youngest, you know, in March. And it was yeah. like, okay. I looked in the mirror one day and I said to myself, okay, this could either make or break this goal for you. Mm-hmm. And what's it going to be? And I went to actually see my mom and um, she, she could see in my face the, the stress of what I was mm-hmm. dealing with. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of grabbed me by my shoulders and she said, baby girl, she said, mm-hmm. 
She said, uh, you know, you've got this. She said, mm -hmm. you can do it all. Mm -hmm. She said, I know this is heavy, but she said, you can do it all. And, you know, affirmations and mantras are something that I believe in hugely. And I think that when we get something in our head that triggers us, her saying that to me triggered me that mm -hmm. I'd be on the treadmill, treadmill, like you can do it all. You can do it all. Oh, you got this. Beautiful. You got this. So in the moments where it was like, you know, crap is hitting the fan. I'm getting tons of texts. I'm like, you know, mm -hmm. dealing with energy in the house. You know what it's like. It's I like do. all too well. Yeah. Yeah. I just would hear in my head, my little soul would be saying, it's okay, Tina. you got this. Like mm -hmm. you can do that. You can do it all. And, um, you know, really that's what really can drive us through those moments of, uh, you know, complete complete which could be complete shutdown and like you've said in the beginning it could be it could have been a total shutdown for like months oh yeah i could have just said forget it this isn't the year it's not the right time no but it was a moment yeah it was, it was a moment and that was it and that's it like that is a sign of work and i know that i've done it i've watched you do it um that is a sign of work i've had people say I want to be where you are in six months. I want to be where you are in 12 months. I want to do this in this time. And I'm like, it's, there's so much back work because it's not that you're overcoming um, a situation that has happened, passed and gone. You are living with challenges every day. And I think that's, and it's, it doesn't, details don't matter, but it's just the fact that understanding that there are ongoing life challenges and then personal challenges that are, that would make it so easy to throw in the towel. So easy, right? Mm -hmm. But you look at it and it's that you made this commitment to yourself, which is really interesting, as you say, that you were your mentor, like you were on your, your, you were your own mentor. And it's almost that you were, did, you want to stay committed to, to that future person, to you. And you also, <laughs> I love that you went through the process and I, I heard you many times during it. It's not about that it was going to be perfection, that it had to be here. It was that I'm doing this for me because I committed to doing this for me. And however that falls is good because I'm doing this for me. And I think that's a really valuable lesson. And I don't know, like, I would love to see more women make that change from that shift and headspace that this is for me, my future self, my health, whatever it is, but it's for me that I'm doing it. I, I just loved and admired that you did that. Yeah. And you know, if I could share one more thing that just came up when you were saying that, it's that, um, you know, you talk about vulnerability a lot. And I, I believe that I, in order for me to be able to, take on this goal, whatever the goal is. Right. And, um, you know, I was like, we talked about, you know, I, I acknowledge that I was not my body, but my body was in a place where the result wasn't what I wanted. And I, I also felt that I couldn't live out what I'm really here to do in that body. So that body mm. needed to, the body needed to match how superhuman I felt in the inside. Right. Yeah. And so I was able to let go of 30 pounds and 40 inches in that time. Mm -hmm. um, but it was because I believed myself to be where I am now during that time, which may sound a little crazy. Um, but the other piece I was going to say is that, you know, in, in doing those changes, it was about coming from a space of, I had to ask myself, who do you need to be mm -hmm. in order for this to become a reality? Mm -hmm. And it's who you are right now going to get you there. And there were days where I had to say to myself, 
Um, no, because if you, you know, go eat that, or if you slack on the gym today, or if you, you know, deal with this situation in a lazy way like that, that is not who you're becoming. Mm -hmm. So that's not who you are. It's a very in-depth perceptive, like approach to, um, to where you are right now and where you are at that moment in time. And I think that's great because it's that conversation. I mean, I, I know if people could hear the conversations that go on in my head on a regular basis, it's almost a bit scary because it's easy. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me to slip. Not, yeah. not, and I mean, slip in a really negative way, not have like a blip in your day. But it's yeah. very easy for me too. And sometimes I will say, like, okay, no, Marsha, this choice is either going to take you closer to or further away from. Like, you mm -hmm. are making the choice. Well, Which one do you want to make? Completely. Completely. And you know, Marsha, I know you do this as well, but what really has helped me, and you know, I've, I've, I've done scripting, I've done like story writing. Yeah. Um, I love to write journal, all of that. I scripted. So I scripted attracting the love of my life into my life. I've I scripted would ask that, yeah. in that whole situation. Sorry if I'm jumping ahead yeah. on your questions here, but okay. I scripted the day of the competition. And so I scripted what was going to happen that day and how I was going to feel after and what was going to happen after. Mm. And in those moments leading up to that, and this is why it's so important, whatever the goal is, it's a business goal, it's a job goal, it's a relationship goal. Like I've scripted, you know, my relationship with my kids and mm -hmm. like, you know, Mother's Day was a testament to what I'd scripted with my kids because of course, because that's what I believed was happening in my mm -hmm. mind because I'd read it so many times. Mm -hmm. So in those days of when there was, you know, if there ever was a moment of doubt or there ever was a moment of, you know, is this really what I want? Or there ever was a moment of anything, I would come back to my script and play my script out or listen to it. I've recorded it in my phone. Mm -hmm. And it'd be like, is there a visceral response from me when I listen to that script? Is it really truly what I want? Because sometimes we say things, we set a goal, we write it, but then there's no visceral emotional right. attachment to it. It's like, right. That's not really bringing me joy. It's not really what I want. It's just mm -hmm. kind of what I think I want or what I think I should want, but it really, it's not really what I want. And do those goals ever really tra like transpire? Like if, if they don't come to fruition, if we don't believe it, want it, visceral level, it is something that is driving, pulling us. It's, it, it can't be something that somebody else wants you to want. It can't be something else that somebody else thinks you should want. It has right. to be something you want. Completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this was where, you know, even with, with this particular goal in my life, it's like, I, I wasn't who I needed to be three years before, five years before, eight years before mm -hmm. for this goal to become a reality. It wouldn't have, I would have maybe been able to put in the work with the exercise, with the meal plan, with the whatever. I would have gone through the motions. However, it wouldn't have been as lasting. I know it because I wouldn't have been doing it from the right place and for mm -hmm. the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And it just would have been more damaging to me. I know because I would have then not have had the, I was going to say success. I don't even feel like it's success. It's the joy, oh, the joy awesome. of the transformation. And it's not because of the day of the competition. It's not because no. of the medals. It's not because of that. It's because I'd already won before I stepped on stage. Yeah. See, that's awesome. Yeah, but it just would have been, it just would have been, you know, I would have been like, okay, now I have to maintain this. I'm like, nah, I'm not. I'm eating cupcakes. I'm having a good time. Like, I'm not going back. Like, no. I'm not stressing. I'm not no. because I'm the person I created myself to be and I'm going to take it to the next level, but I'm still going to, you know, love on myself no matter where I'm at and whatever happens. So I love that. Absolutely love that. Now, can you tell us what happened the day of the competition? 
So what, based on what I wrote in my story and how that yeah. played out? Oh, yeah. so the, so the competition, um, I, I entered three categories. It was all really new to me. I just kind of surrendered to the process and I approached it like I have a gymnastics background. So I approached it as I was presenting myself on stage, kind of as a gymnast, mm-hmm. except I was in a bikini and heels and, um, <laughs> which was a total unique and interesting experience. I'm sure. I just totally let myself get princessed up and just had fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just had a ton of fun and it was so beautiful that my, you know, my love was there for me the whole entire day. And, uh, my parents came later in the night, which was really cool because my mom is a single parent of three kids and I'll get emotional on this, but it's okay. She never got to come to gymnastics. She never got to see me do anything. Oh. And so this was like the first thing. <laughs> was like, oh, she, and I can just picture her. She was mostly <laughs> ecstatic. I can just picture her. I had to ask her to be quiet because I was yeah. like, I get to know what she'd be like. Exciting. I know she's got this picture of me when I was like three and I'm wearing this little red plaid dress. And I always used to do my ABCs and one, two, threes and pretend I was a cheerleader. So I said, mm-hmm. you know, you get to watch me do my ABCs and one, two, threes. So it was really cool. So, that's but anyway, awesome. the, the results of the competition were, I'm not sure if that's what you're asking, sure, but I just up, curious. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up uh, receiving two medals, a gold mm-hmm. and a bronze, which was a total surprise to me. It was a surprise, but I had written it. I had scripted it. Wow. Um, so it wasn't a surprise. Um, and now I get to, you know, go on to another competition, which is kind of cool because I was like, Oh, this is a one-time thing, but it's fun. It's like, now I have this new hobby and it's great because it plays into, um, a healthy lifestyle, which is really yeah. what I wanted was a healthy yeah. lifestyle. I want to rock my fifties as my best, healthiest, mentally, physically, emotionally decade of my entire yeah. life. And that's how yeah. that's going to happen. So so That's yeah, awesome. it was, and then, you know, even as I came off stage and what happened, you know, when my honey greeted me and my parents greeted me, it was all as I scripted it. My kids texting me, like it was all as I scripted. So it was perfect. It's so, so powerful for people to understand like the power, power of our thoughts and what we're thinking and, you know, believing it. And that's why I was talking about like the power of the thoughts. I mean, in the beginning, when I was going through my own personal transformation, I remember listening to YouTube and Tony Robbins and all those things because I tried to change my state. But if you have like this negative well of thoughts that are stuck in and they're just stuck and toxic and, you know, it's just awful. But you go and put positive on top of it until you start to remove and get rid of some of the negative thoughts that are there. Like you can only throw so much positive at it. It doesn't change it. It might change your state temporarily, but it requires you actually thinking differently. Completely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had this conversation with, with, a, with a friend, a client, um, a while ago, and you just made me think of it because I think I'm, I'm going to say that you do the same thing as I do with this. And in terms of if you're in a moment where, say you're going to do something and you know you're leading into some self-sabotage, Mm-hmm. I'll say to myself, like, I'll say, um, well, that's just like, sometimes it'll come up in my head. Well, you know, but that's just who you are. And then mm-hmm. I'll say, stop. Yeah. That's who you were. Oh, see, that's so powerful. So powerful. That's, that's who you were. You've decided to be different, behave mm-hmm. different, show up different, you mm-hmm. know, live different. Mm-hmm. So that's not who you are. No. So because you're who you are, mm-hmm. you're not going to approach this like that. You're not going to follow through on that sabotaging behavior because that's just not who you are 
No. And it's, it's, it's so simple, right? It's not like, I think what's really, really important that I want people to take away from this is the fact that it's not a like, oh my God, Tina, you're going to do this again. Like this is like, it's not a negative. It's not a belittling. It's not putting yourself down. It's awareness. Like it's awareness and acknowledging it. And that's how you just almost you pivot and shift in the moment as opposed to beating yourself up. Like women are really good at beating themselves up like really, really good. And I, and I, I can definitely do that as I'm going to be completely honest, but I surround myself with people who will call me on my shit. And that's what you have to, you have to go. And I mean, I do that because I call everyone on it. So I have to be open that, yeah, I get called on it. And sometimes that's what we need to do. So it's just not living in that space, right? It's like walking through it and moving through it. Yeah. I, there's something I want to ask you because I think it's you, it's one of the most valuable things I think I've learned from you. It, well, that's really, there's so many, but anyways, it's valuable. Is the fact that, um, to feel your emotions and not numb them. And when, when times are tough and we've both had some really, really tough times, those are the moments that you want to shut it down numb it out and just go like, please take me away from this. And we all know that we can't transition through any feelings by doing that. Right. We can't. So I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that, but I just, I really found that valuable to learn from you is, and I can even hear you at times when it's really tough and I'm like, Nope, don't stay here. Just keep moving. Just feel it. Just feel it and let it be what it is right now. Don't overthink it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that, but I think that's a really valuable tool for people to hear. Well, you and I came up with the term shift the crap. I don't know how long ago, ago, but a long time (laughs) ago. And it's so powerful because I think I actually read that in the book, uh, letting go that book I mentioned in the beginning. Um, It was very valuable for me to learn that because I would be a total stuffer, a stuffer of my emotions. Mm -hmm. And my coach, you know, that I worked with, he really allowed me the space to, it's like, you're not going to stay stuck in having a total ugly cry party for like, you know, days on end. Right. However, if you feel that emotion starting to come up, whether the, whatever the emotion is, right. it's about allowing that emotion to come up and move out, mm-hmm. allowing it to come up and move through right. because don't label it. Don't, you know, don't, don't give it power. Don't, don't, give, don't it, give it energy. Exactly. Let mm-hmm. it come up and move through because if we're not shifting it and moving it, we're not creating more space for better feelings or better thoughts right. or better emotions. Um, we're not creating an environment for us to be able to, um, you know, be in a healthier place to navigate mm-hmm. another tough time that will come mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and it's like anything, it builds up. It's like a volcano that doesn't have a chance to flow through, right? It's just going to build, 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 build. And it's going to come up at that point in time. And there's, you know, it's not going to come up at a good time because there'll never be a good time for that shit to come up. Like, <laughs> no. right. So you know, there is that's so good. Wow. I didn't see that coming. And I'm like, really, you didn't see that coming? Cause it's been boiling for a long time. Yeah. Well, and it could be the stupidest thing. Like someone could say something really silly to you and then you just lose your crap and look like a lunatic because you never let it move out of you before. Like, it's yeah. like, just let it go, you know, Yeah. just let it oh. go. And don't, and don't, you know, I think too, we get ourselves into, I like Brene Brown saying it's like a shame shit storm yeah it's like you just you know we get ourselves caught up in feeling bad or guilty or stupid or whatever when we have emotion no Mm -hmm. it's normal it's normal it's normal normal. and it's okay to have we actually I actually came up with not that I came up with it but with I used to say with my hubby that it's just I'm not going to give it more energy that I'm just having an off day 
Mm -hmm. Just having an off day. And it's maybe I, I can say honestly that if I have regular off days, my self-care game is off the rails. I'm not doing what I need for self-care, but it's okay to have off days. It's okay to have days where it's like, you know what? I need more sleep today. I need more, but it's staying in those spaces and not moving forward. That's the issue. Well, and it's, you know, and it's exactly, and it's cleansing, Marcia. Like mm -hmm. it is cleansing to be able to move that energy through our yeah. bodies and out. Yes. It allows us to be like overall just healthier and it allows mm -hmm. us to be able to um, be in a healthier place yeah. to be able to, you know, navigate what could come up next. Yeah. So it's, true. It's so important to, to let it move through, you know, it's so true. Yeah. Um, feel it and let it go. You, no, exactly. And then let it go. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like I'm going backwards, but I do want to I have two things I want to ask you here, or at least comment on. So we've talked a lot about vulnerability and we talk about a lot about how um, powerful it is to be vulnerable. Now vulnerable doesn't mean if you, if for anybody listening, you don't listen to Brene Brown or follow, it doesn't mean you dump your entire life to anybody who, or to anyone. It's like you share with people who are deserving of you sharing. And we actually, I love to share the story of how we connected because I always say that sometimes, you know, we get stuck in looking around at who's surrounding us and what do we, what do we have around us and my friend circle this or blah, 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 whatever. And sometimes we forget that sometimes the most impactful person who can make a difference in our life and can help us through could be somebody we've never met yet. Like we haven't met. And so I know, um, and you don't have to go into details, but we, we connected over our Facebook post and mm -hmm. I didn't know you very well at all, mm -hmm. but I was able to read through the lines and it became a little bit of a private message which started a conversation. Right. And I just, so what kind of role has vulnerability played in your life? I think mm -hmm. the best gifts in my life have come through a moment of vulnerability mm -hmm. and that, you know, like our friendship, yeah. um, as an example, you know, my, you know, attracting Dan into my life. Like, so even my relationships with, with my kids, um, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, opportunities, whatever it, it is, it has played, it has played a role in allowing me to um, break through some of the toughest stories and the toughest stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it's for so long, I tried to be perfect. I tried to show up as the perfect daughter, the perfect girlfriend, the perfect mother, the perfect, even perfect in my body, mm -hmm. you know, because that would disguise and mask really yeah. how broken I was inside. Right. And it wasn't until I started to show up and let people into, you know what, I'm hurting too. Mm -hmm. I remember I was at an event, a women's event, and this was really what, one of the pivotal, pivotal points when I realized you have to stop playing the charade. Mm -hmm. because you are not helping people and you're here to help people, but you're not because you're too perfect. They think, right. Yeah. Yep. But I thought I had everybody fooled. So uh, we were doing this thing and we were doing gratitude jars and this one, my, one of my jar in my jar, I had all these beautiful notes from people that were, you know, notes of gratitude and how, you know, you're so loving, you're so thoughtful, you're such a great, you know, great in conversation, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then this one said, and I had a really big meltdown at this event. You were there. I was at that event. And you I was at, that, at event. that event. It was really before we connected, but I was at that event. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the exercises took me into a place where I ended up actually hyperventilating. I had a physical response to something written on a piece of paper that was very close to my heart because my dad had just passed away. My biological mm -hmm. dad passed away. 
And so I had a physical response. I ended up not being able to breathe, totally hyperventilating, breaking down. Someone had to help me out of the room. So it was, I've never had anything like that happen. Mm -hmm. It shut me down. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's Mm -hmm. clearly because I hadn't been dealing with my emotions on that whole situation. Right. So I just stuffed it all. So anyways, as a result on the piece of paper, someone had wrote, um, you know, it was difficult to see you hurting, but it was actually very, um, what did she say? It was actually very, um, I forget what she, how she phrased it, but she said, it let me know that, you know, you're, you're so beautiful and so perfect on the outside, but you're really human just like us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like I, oh my gosh, like I need to start doing work on myself, but also letting people know about the work that I need to do on myself so that they can understand that through me doing it, they can do it too. Like we're all here in this together. We all have yeah. our stuff. Yeah. So it's played it. It's played a really, you know, it, a vulnerability in my life. You know, when you ask me, how has it impacted my life? It's been one of my greatest teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it's my toughest. I'm on the verge of tears even thinking about it because it's, it's not easy to open yourself up. No. Um, but it's also, it's easier than you think. Like I always say that if you think it's hard, it's hard. Right. And it actually feels so darn good when you do, you know, it's helped me heal relationships. It's helped me forgive myself, forgive others. It's been like the, the biggest blessing just to open yourself up to being real. Yeah. Huge blessing. I I think to me, vulnerability means realness. You know, that's kind of my, if you ask me what vulnerability was, it's about, it's about being really real about who you're, who you are, your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts, your, just be really real. And I think that's, I mean, that you, you can start to become and allow yourself to be more real when you trust yourself, when you mm-hmm. accept yourself, when it is, you know, you really tune in and listen. I mean, you've got some incredible intuition, honestly, like that is a, so I know that that I would say you're trusting yourself, trusting the situation and intuition are some of your superpowers that allow you um, to be more vulnerable because you just trust that process. I would love for you to share how you um, manifested connecting with your significant other. Cause it's oh. just, it's a phenomenal story. It's phenomenal. It's a cool story. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So I'll, it's kind of funny cause I'm going to tie in that piece that you just talked about with intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always had, I call them like sort of promptings or inklings kind of in my gut, in my tummy. My tummy would feel weird when I was a kid. But I would think it was just, you know, and it would tell me something about a relationship in my family or something. And I would just think, oh, that's weird. Why am I thinking that? And then it would come true. And I'm like, what? Yeah. That's weird. So anyway, later on down the line, I finally realized that it's like, you know what? There's like this other, there's like this higher power, this, you know, this, whatever you want to call it, your soul self. Um, You know, I've read a lot of different things about what that is, but I just learned to finally trust it and just say, okay, it's like another voice. It's like a guide that's kind of here to help me. So when it came to, um, I had been in and out of different relationships. I kept attracting relationships that really weren't the best for me mm-hmm. and nor was I was the best for them. Like, let's be honest, it goes two ways. Um, except I just kept, um, sort of discounting myself and what I really wanted. Yeah. And so I got to a place where all the tough stuff was happening with my kids. I was just really done and tired. And I thought, why do I keep looking for someone to come in to kind of like kind of complete me and fix everything. Like I'm kind of complete already. Right. So what if I just focused on becoming my best self? And what if I just took a break from this whole dating thing? 
-hmm. and focused on becoming the best version of me, the best mom I could be. And what if I got very clear about what I wanted? Because I knew what I didn't want, but I never got clear on what I wanted. So two things I did. I uh, knew about a book called Calling in the One. And Mm -hmm. I don't know who the author is. I can't remember, but it's called Calling in the One. And it was like an exercise. It's a seven-week guide to calling in the one. So Mm -hmm. whatever. I'm like, whatever. If it's not seven weeks, I don't really care. But I'm going to go through the exercises. Yeah. And, you know, I talk about stripping yourself down bare naked to build yourself up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the phoenix rising, right? So I thought, okay, I'm going to go through the exercises. And I'm going to do this legit like a course. I'm going to get an A plus on this course. (laughs) I'm going to do this course. (laughs) I did. And I, you know, did have my old special journal for it and the whole deal. And I made it like I had, you know, my, my time set in the day when I would work on it. But I also met a friend who shared with me the story of how she attracted her husband. Right. And to make a long story short, she talked about this sort of a cleansing ritual. And when I do something, I go all in. I'm Mm -hmm. not a half, I'm a half asser in a lot of things, but if I make a decision on something, I'm all or nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was like going all in on this thing. So I decided, okay, I'm going to follow what, you know, her name's Jocelyn Botner, what Jocelyn had taught me. And it was basically where I took a, a journal. I went and bought my favorite, like I, I, I'm an energy person. So I went to chapters and I had my hand over these journals and I'm feeling them and I'm like picking the right one that feels the best for me. Mm-hmm. And I came home and I wrote in the journal, I lighted some, lit some candles and sort of set up this little sort of meditation space in my house and you know, had some of my favorite things, my lotus flower and stuff. And I wrote in the journal, I took me a day, I wrote everything about this man I was attracting. Mm-hmm. And I started with like, I actually haven't memorized, but I'm like, you know what, I'm so happy and grateful. Now that I've attracted the most amazing man into my life, you know, mm-hmm. he's everything I could have ever imagined. And I started saying all these things like what our relationship was like, but in the now, mm-hmm. I talked about it as if it was happening everything conversations our intimate life like everything how we traveled what we did with our kids his kids my kids all this stuff what our Mm -hmm. relationship was like with our each other's kids everything and I wrote it all but then here's the kicker in the back of the book I wrote who am I becoming to attract Mm -hmm. this man Mm -hmm. and so then I wrote everything that it's like if I'm going to ask for these things in this person who do I need to be or do I want to be choosing to be in order to attract him and mm-hmm. to have this relationship. And so I spent time writing that as well. And then there again, I would, I went into this whole cleansing thing for two days. I focused on this person. I visualized, I imagined him there for two years. I would set two places at the table. Mm-hmm. I would act as if he was in my life. You know, Christmas, I had three days completely by myself because it was a bit of a shit show with my kids. So I'm like, whatever, I got three days by myself. Mm-hmm. This is the last year. I won't be like, I won't be like this next year. Cause I'll be with my soulmate next year. Right. And so, and I feng shuied my house. I realized I had three of everything, me and my two boys. Mm-hmm. I needed to change that. So I changed it to having, you know, little statues of two, two people, a man and a woman and a loving embrace, or I had two flowers, two candles. Mm-hmm. Like I still mm-hmm. had my kids stuff around, but they weren't in the bedroom. And it was like, I made space in my closet I made space in a bedside table. I love this story. Yeah. I know. I so anyway, it. I, love it. I, could on, I could go on. So anyway, I did all the things I needed to do and I just believed and I just believed. So I didn't get impatient. There were times where I was like, it's kind of nice to have someone to go with, but I didn't get impatient. I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm focusing on me and I'm just, you know, focusing on believing he's here and he'll show up. So circumstances were I was out with girlfriends one night. And uh, we'd had a girlfriend that hadn't shown up ever to our girls' nights in about eight years. And we were kind of 
one of the girls was communicating with her and, you know, just saying like, we love you. We want to see you like no judgment, like where yeah. are you at? help you. So, um, my friend's husband said, you guys, they live very close, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I felt like a lightning bolt hit me in the gut. Mm-hmm. And he said, why don't you just walk over and see her? And I was like, we have to go, we have to go. Long story short, we came over and uh, she wasn't here, hadn't been here for two years. They had separated, but her husband was here, her you know, soon to be former husband and his best friend were here. Friends of ours from high school and a friend I've known since I was 11. Mm-hmm. And so Dan and I got chatting and we hadn't seen each other in a really long time and, and we just reconnected. So we went for a few you know, runs together and we just had dinner together. And then it was about the third or fourth date where, you know, him and him and his former wife had parted their ways a long time ago. And he'd just been kind of getting his own life on track, taking care of him, mm-hmm. getting himself ready for his next phase. And it was like the third date or something. And we were standing under a streetlight and, uh, you know, he gave me a kiss and I just, I could hear a voice say, he's the one. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's the one. He's the one. It's yeah. so cool. And I just knew in my guts. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. I was like, there you are. <laughs> You've been looking. There you are. I've been so waiting. That's exactly yeah. right. And so, you know, it's been this beautiful, you know, it's like we prepare we, the whole time in our other relationships and our, you know, with our kids and everything. It was like, that was all beautiful gifts and lessons to prepare us for this next mm-hmm. phase mm-hmm. of where we are, you know, in our journey. Because if we'd ever met along the way, if anything had ever changed or been different, we wouldn't have been who we needed to be to be able to have the relationship we have now. So there's a reason. There's a reason. And I just, I I love, I mean, I love the story. Love him. You guys are awesome. I think (laughs) I do, but I think it's, I think it's just one of the big takeaways is that, I mean, for things to come into play the way that they can, we have to do the work. Like we have to do the work, physical, emotional, transformational, spiritual, like we have to commit to do the work in order for those things mm-hmm. to come. Because, you know, sometimes I've heard people say like that, I have no opportunities come my way. I'm like, but like, if we're not ready and we're not doing the work, it actually might've come by and we just, we just don't see it or we're not ready for it. So it's like, we have to do the work. I think your whole story wraps up into really how much back work you've done. And that's why I really wanted to honor that because I know what you did physically in the last 20 weeks, but I know that it was like so much more work behind the scenes and it's not an easy process, but I do know that once you decide you do and you go and you create it. So I just want to honor you for that because I think it's, I think it's really important for people to know, you know, that real side to it so that they don't look at it and go, I can't do that in 20 weeks. So I can't do it. It's not, it's not what it is. It's just not what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. completely. So where do you, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was just going to tack on to that. Yeah. Something I have learned is, you know, belief is key. So Mm -hmm. believing, believing it's happening, even if it's not showing up yet. Right. It's already happening and patience. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times people will set goals and set dates on things and then something happens Mm -hmm. in the way. And it doesn't mean you're not going to achieve that particular goal you're not going to get to that place right it just means that sometimes you know you and I talk about the hallway and it being a long freaking hallway and there's a lot of windows but there's no freaking doors like where's the freaking door (laughs) we don't always say freaking just in case you're wondering on our conversations but we will do it here (laughs) other words (laughs) 
It's a long, it's a long hallway. That's right. But that's where the patience comes in because, mm. you know, if I had been impatient and been like, you know what, it's not going to happen. I'm just never going to meet him. Then probably what would have happened is something different. Like, yeah. you know, he may have met someone else. I may have got involved in something else. Like patience, patience, patience. And when it came to, you know, whatever the goal is, body transformation or whatever it is that you desire in your life. Mm-hmm. There, I just really truly believe, Marcia, that um, there is a plan for all of us. And I do believe that a path has been chosen. And I think sometimes we can kind of mess up the path or mess up the plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially even with like, with what we're experiencing with our kiddos, like this for some reason is meant to be part of their journey. Yep. It's meant to be part of our journey. And um, I just, I just truly have faith in that. And maybe it's just because it helps me feel better to know that. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and if that may be part of it, then I'm okay with that. It's totally fine. And I think that that's important because we could look at it one of two ways. I could spend my time being pissed off with circumstances that I cannot control, which I've done for a long time and didn't change anything. Or you can look at it differently and sometimes go, okay, this must be part of the process. What am I here to learn? I actually, I've even shifted those words. You know, it's not why me, it's like what now, or what am I here to learn? I'm open to what you're, what I'm here to learn. Cause I'm here to learn something else. I know I am every time I, I, I've learned to approach it with less or no anger. And it's like, what, what am I here to learn? What's next? What, what mm-hmm. am I here to learn? So mm-hmm. those are really, really powerful for people who are going through challenging issues. They're, they are the smallest little tweaks, but they can make such a massive difference in your life. Like massive difference when you start to put those regular habits into place. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So now what's next for you? What is next? Where, like, what do you see yourself doing? What do, would you love to do with everything that you have done? I know that you're here to impact, serve, support, make a difference with other Mm -hmm. women. There's no question. Like there's absolutely Mm -hmm. no question. Well, so what's next for me? The beautiful thing about this is that, you know, sometimes when we go through these challenging times when we're dealing with adversity and, um, it allows us an opportunity to breathe and take pause. Mm-hmm. And because I worked in the fitness industry for like, you know, I've been involved for 30 some years. Um, I took a sabbatical from training, personal training for a while. And I didn't really know where I was going to go with that. It's like, it's like every time I thought I'm not going to do this anymore, I'd be pulled back. Like someone yeah. would ask me to help yep. them with something or so I was like, okay, I just kept asking like, you know, what is it you want me to do with this? Like, how am I here to serve? What is this all about? And I always knew that, especially with the growth that I've had, you know, and I, I like to say, here I grow again. So it's like when something comes up, it's like, okay, here I grow again. Mm-hmm. And I like that because it's like, I like growing and I like learning and I'm grateful for all the growth opportunities as tough as some of them were, because I wouldn't be who I am right. here serving on the level I am if I hadn't been through them. So the beautiful, cool thing is that as a result of my mental shifts, all the work I've done from a mental perspective. I have a much better understanding of when people are attempting physical transformation. Mm-hmm. If you do not do the, the mental work first, mm-hmm. it will be a lot harder, sometimes impossible mm-hmm. to be able to make the physical shifts and you know, whichever comes first, the chicken or the egg, it's really, really important to, in order to maintain a physical transformation and let it play out because let's be honest. When people do a mindset shift, mm-hmm. you're pretty much 10 foot tall and bulletproof and can accomplish anything you want in any aspect of your life, regardless of what it is. Okay. Right. So I feel 
so much better equipped to support people, you know, to empower people through um, the mindset, the mindset shifts and to be able to help them rephrase and reframe mm-hmm. their stories and, you know, their approach to things and really getting clear on what their whys are for doing something. Right. Um, and really gaining clarity in those different things. And I'm excited about taking it to the next level and helping more people with the physical transformation, yet having the mindset piece be, you know, pretty key in that. So whether it's fitness coaching, you know, life coaching, um, I don't really like to call it life coaching because it's kind of more lifestyle and mindset coaching, which really allows them to do their own life coaching within themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Um, is really what, you know, is really what I see my purpose being here. So whether it's in groups or one-on-ones, that's really what I'm focusing in on. Um, I'm really excited about doing more speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really feel, I think that's why, what I loved about the actual competition part, because I love being on a stage empowering in some way, you yeah. know, sort of shining a light and radiating others, lifting them up in some yeah, way. Exactly. And so that's what I feel um, is next for me. Awesome. 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 How do people find you or connect with you or what's the best way for people to reach out to you? So the best way really Facebook is kind of my go-to. I know there's lots of different social media. I'm on Instagram. It's my Instagram is TWTinya, which is T-W-T-I-N-Y-A. Facebook it's Tinya Gray, T-I-N-Y-A, last name Gray, Mm G-R-A-Y. And um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Perfect. Yeah. So two quick questions. You know, I could talk to you forever and some days I actually do. Um, I <laughs> the, the other thing I've loved about our connection is, is that we actually get on the phone and have a conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. do you guys have that? If, does anyone have that friend where you actually get on the phone and you actually talk? It's not texting. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting because it's, it, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, it's just funny. Um, yeah. Well, and we always like doing energy, energy to energy. So I always want to hear you. I don't want to just see your text. I want to hear and feel from you what's going on. So I know and it works. It works. Yep. So if anybody listening and wondering, I'm telling you, it really works to actually <laughs> be in the energy and talk to somebody. Yes. So two questions for you. If you could go back in time and you can go pick any time, it doesn't matter. What is a lesson that you would like to give a younger version of Tina? Like what, is there a lesson that you wish you could have told her earlier? Um, a lesson I could tell the younger version of myself. There are many for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the most impactful one is what I talked about with, you know, in saying that you're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. you don't need to know the how but you can have whatever you want mm-hmm. you can achieve whatever you want mm-hmm. and you don't have to hold yourself back for anyone or anything love that yeah th- that's what I would really just say to myself is you know you're here for a reason and you can have anything you want it's like my mom said to me you can have it all you can do it all so yeah I love that I love that mm-hmm. um what lesson in life are you most grateful for most grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think forgiveness and letting go popped into my head mm-hmm. and forgiveness of self. And it chokes me up. I think, yeah, I think that when we learn to forgive ourselves for the wrongs we feel we've done ourselves or others mm-hmm. or for, you know, our, our feelings of less than, or not 
love worthy or whatever it is that we've kind of created in our brains, this ego mm -hmm. bitch that sometimes takes over. She does. Um, she's a nasty bitch. She's so, nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know, when we can learn to forgive ourselves mm -hmm. and forgive others mm -hmm. for what we feel, you know, the story we've put to it, the meaning we put to it, how they've wronged us or, you know, haven't been there for us or whatever it is that we've kind of made up. It's, it's about forgiving and letting go and mm -hmm. forgiving and letting go for me has been the most created, the most freedom and the most opportunity. Love that. Absolutely love that. And I have watched it. I've seen it. I know how empowerful those two words were in your life and they're huge. I mean, I know it's, it's not an easy process, but it's almost simple. And once you learn how to do it, like truly once you can learn how to forgive and it comes from forgiving ourselves first, when we learn how to do that, then it almost becomes very simple to do the next time and the next time and the next time and just putting it mm -hmm. back in perspective. So I yeah. love that. Yeah. And I think too, like Marcia, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I just think it's allowed me to have more grace with others. Well, we can't have, we think we can, but we can't have this grace and compassion with others if we have none with ourselves, right? It all comes from ourselves yeah. first. And yeah. I always say you want to improve your other relationships and you have a learn how to have a better relationship with yourself. And I, yeah. and that means all of the emotions, right? That's the forgiveness. That's the grace, compassion, love, kindness. Mm -hmm. Like it's got to all come back to us. And when, if you're if you're stuck in a really negative situation, as I was, as you were for a number of years, if you're stuck in that situation and you're angry and pissed off at the world, that you can't possibly experience grace and compassion for someone else because you have absolutely none for yourself. Like yeah, it's almost irritating. It's, <laughs> it's like it's almost like if they're happy, it's irritating. Like. like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so much better to not be irritated guys like just forgive it's a massive massive amount of energy so if you find yourself saying like i have no energy left ask yourself where you're spending it like if you're spending it being angry at everything yeah you're right you've got none left you've got none left exactly. right exactly. so yeah i I cannot thank you enough for being here. I know this is a longer episode. I could honestly talk to you forever. I <laughs> learned a ton from you and I'm super, super grateful for having you in my life. Oh, I thank know you. that you have lots that I know there's so many takeaways that people are going to take away from today's episode. So thank you so That's much awesome. for being here today and in my life. You're welcome. And thank you too, my friend. Big hugs to you. Big hug through the air. <laughs> it's a big hug through the air. I love it. Thank you. I'm receiving it. Yay. Thank you. Have an awesome day. Uh, you too. Thanks everyone. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.